0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast and Fishhawk Live. We haven't had a live in quite some time, so it's pretty exciting to be back doing some live shows. Today I have a great guest, a guy who is new to our show, but it's very recognizable out there on the YouTubes. It is Captain Chris Ingalls from the Tangled Tackle Fishing and uh, Dark Blue Charters. Chris, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Been looking forward to it for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, we've uh, had some emails back and forth a few different times and finally got this made this thing happen, so I'm pretty excited about that as well. Uh, you're new to our audience, so first off, uh, kind of introduce yourself to our folks and, and what you do
0: sure uh, my name's chris engels i run dark blue charters here in beautiful manistee michigan and i run the youtube channel tangle tackle fishing put a lot of videos out regarding salmon and trout fishing how to's how not to's how we screw things up sometimes and maybe you can learn from our mistakes too but yeah we put a lot of things out there for everyone
1: all right if you have any questions for chris go ahead and put them in the comments doesn't matter if you're on youtube or facebook We are going to see them. Chris, I think one of the things that people like to know about charter captains, it seems to be uh, the first question for a lot of them, is uh, your boat. So tell us a little bit about your boat and how you have it set up. Oh, sure, no problem. I run a 1983 Tierra 31 Open, 12-foot
0: beam. Have it set up as a classic Great Lakes Troller, three downriggers, um, two diver setups, and all my long line setups on my radar arch. Uh, Power to a twin 350s. Of course, I run a fish hawk. I, I wouldn't be out there without a fish hawk. Yeah, I mean, just your classic
1: three downrigger setup. Very cool. Uh, you fish out of Manistee. Tell us a little bit about that port. What is that port like? Uh, that, <laughs>
0: Manistee, uh, I mean, it goes back and forth between Manistee and Ludington every year, I think, is the hottest port on, uh, on our side. We like to consider ourselves. You know, a little hotter than lettington but those guys do really, really well down there also. A lot of great boats here. Um, a lot of charter captains. Um, if you're coming up this way, you want to get out on the water. There really is. It's really hard to beat going out of Manistee.
1: How many boats uh, are sitting there in the marina? What is that marina life like? Uh, tell us a little bit about what you might see if you show up early in the morning there at the marina. <laughs> well, it, it depends on any given day. You might see... Uh,
0: a bunch of guys rolling in at 3:30 when the trip's leaving at 5 a.m. You just never know. Sometimes people are showing up late, but I, I fish out of pier 31 and I think there's six or seven charter boats there, but all the way through the Manistee channel, whether it be Riverside Marina, the city boat launch, Cedar street, Marina um, ship watch there's charter boats lined up and down. So it's a bustling place. Uh, really any given Tuesday, During the summer, you can see as many as 100 to 150 boats going out.
1: I know the fish kind of come up the lake there. Tell us a little bit about the seasonalities, how the fishery changes as the year goes on uh, if you're going to fish out of Manistee, Michigan.
0: Yeah, so really our season starts early May, -May. mid-May. Every year is a little different, of course, but we tend to get a real nice run of spring kings this year being no exception. We had some really good spring king fishing mid-May up till the 1st of June. Um, Typically, the 1st of June, the fish seem to, for whatever reason, take a left turn and head over to your side, over towards the Wisconsin side. Uh, But this year, they stuck around for us and that's not untypical, it happens some years, but uh, a lot of times we'll go into that June lull and we end up lake trout and slash king fishing throughout the month of June until the kings show back up. It could be mid-July, could be a little earlier, a little later. And then of course, when August rolls around, it's all hands on deck. It's uh, it's chaos for the big four year olds coming into the river to spawn.
1: Yeah, talk a little bit about that, the returns coming back to the river. Um, what's kind of going on there with the river and, and keeping those fish so that they're, they're setting up for you guys in the fall?
0: Yeah, so, so the natural spawners will come back. They wanna come back into the natural tributaries like the big Manistee, the little Manistee rivers. What they're doing in August, mid-August, and late August, even early August some years, they're just showing back up to the tributaries where they want to move into and, and do their thing. You know, their, their life is a four-year span, so those four-year-old adults are typically your biggest fish. And uh, you can see by all the boats being out there around the pier heads in mid to late August, that's where the kings are, and that's where the big kings are. And you can, uh, you can hear people yelling at each other from a mile away as lines get tangled up. And it, I'm no exception. I've had it happen to me, but it is a game on in there, and it's just amazing, amazing fishing.
1: Yeah. So on our side of the lake, we've got kind of a lot of reefs and structure. Uh, tell me a little bit about the structure around Manistee when you're when you're pulling up and heading out. What does it look like? What are you seeing on your sonar as you're as you're pulling out of the port?
0: Yeah, I, Chris. Really, that's what makes Manatee um, unique and it's not just Manistee there's a there's a a system called we call it the bank or the shelf and that runs off Manistee really from Ludington all the way up to almost Frankfurt and what the bank or the shelf is is just a nice steep drop off anywhere from when you get to about two and a half three miles out you'll see it go from 60 to 80 feet deep down to 110 120 130 quite rapidly and that structure right there is what's gonna it's what's gonna hold the fish fish are always looking for structure And because of that, I think that's what really makes, like I said, the the ports of Ludington, Manisteel, Nekomar, Acadia, Frankfurt, some of the best places to fish. Because the fish are looking to come in there, hold on there, that structure will hold the bait, um, depending on the current. So hold that bait right in there, maybe even push it in a little more inshore, And that's what's going to hold the fish in this area.
1: Yeah, your area, for people who are thinking about fishing uh, Lake Michigan, it it is uh, probably the most popular area between manisee Ludington, those ports um tell me a little bit you've got a charter going out this afternoon um so tell me a little bit about what your game plan is it's late june uh Mm -hmm. how are you kind of setting your gear and what what's the big plan for this afternoon if somebody's going to go out and and do some fishing this afternoon what would you recommend for them
0: well i'm lucky in the fact that we still have some silver fishing around like i said the kings have been hanging around a little more a little later than normal so my game plan being in an afternoon charter, I'm going to head up to what we call lake trout grounds, which is up near Onekama. It starts in about the, uh, about the 18th to the 19th to the north. And I'm going to put, uh, depending on what I'm seeing on the graph, I'm either going to put three baits down on the bottom for lake trout or I'm going to put five baits down there, one being a downrigger and uh, two or four more being my my divers, my high and my low divers. And uh, like I said, if I'm seeing some good silverfish suspended on the graph, I might just go three baits on the bottom. And if I do it that way, I'll keep more long lines and maybe a couple of high divers out for my Kings. Uh, and then as the day goes on, as it gets a little closer towards dark, I'll probably pull things off the bottom for Lake trout. If we haven't limited out by then, I'll probably pull things off the bottom and focus strictly on Kings. Just put everything on, you know, all hands on deck for the King fishing.
1: What is on the business end of those, uh, those deep ones, uh, your downrigger and your divers, uh, what, what are you going to have on those? Chris, you cannot go wrong with a Dreamweaver Double
0: Chrome Spin Doctor eight inch with either a, a KRW Lake Trout uh, Rig or a Dreamweaver Whirly Gig. Either one of those is going to get you a
1: bit. All right, what's what's your favorite colors? What are the hot colors uh, around that neck of the woods right now? Yeah, uh, again, you, you can't go wrong with a Wonder Bread. A KRW has uh, one called the Wonder Bread
0: Lake Trout. Or I, I don't even know what they call it, Lake or Taker or something like that. But the, the Wonder Bread one is always, always in my spread someplace, either that one or the Dr. Midnight.
1: All right. How about those high lines that you're going to try to chase the kings with? What are yeah. you doing there? So depending on what I'm seeing on the graph, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to illustrate
0: how far back I put those divers. So that's going to be different every day. But I always like having at least one meat rig out there. So one of those high divers is going to be a meat rig. The other high diver is going to be a flasher fly, which is most likely going to be a a Dreamweaver Double Slick with a Pickled Sunshine or a KRW Riverside or a Dreamweaver Kevin's Girlfriend with either one of those flies as well. Those things are always somewhere in my spread, and uh, they typically do very,
1: very well. All right, how about spoons? Uh, Do you like to run spoons? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, uh, so I always say this in in some of my shows, match the hatch. Um, I think that's a huge thing, and so what that means is when when I'm cleaning my fish, I'm opening up the bellies and I'm seeing what's inside there and I'm seeing how big the bait fish are in there. And this year we're seeing a lot of small alewives. where versus the last couple of years we saw some really big alewives. So my spoons, based on what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, are going to be a little on the smaller side, the, the Dreamweaver Super Slims. The Gold Rasta Goose has been firing for me almost daily. The A-Bomb Super Slim has been going great. Um, the Captain Gary's has been going, uh, I'm trying to think of a few other ones off the top of my head. Those three right there. Oh, the uh, the green glow frog with the white belly always is out there, and all four of those have been taken fish.
1: All right, let's talk a little bit bit about being a charter captain. What is that like? Uh, what is your what's your favorite part about what you do out on the boat with your clients? Yeah, um, sure.
0: So I say this almost daily, and I truly mean it. I don't sleep well still the night before a trip. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times I've done this. I'm still excited every day about getting up and heading out on the lake, um, whether it just be for, for fun or with clients. Um, that, that's what keeps bringing me back really to it. Just seeing the excitement and the joy of that person that's on the boat, that's never caught a king before, never really caught any kind of large fish before. And when that rod goes off and you know, it's a 20 plus pound king, and you put it in the hands of that, that guy or gal, and just the look on their face of holding on to that freight train as it's trying to run you know, down to Chicago,
1: that brings joy to me on a daily, daily basis. Yeah, you brought up that guy or gal, and it seems like more and more women are wanting to get out and do this type of thing. What are you seeing there? Um, what, what What do you think is behind that? Why are more women wanting to get involved in this where it's, you know, you go back to, to kind of the era of our fathers. You know, it was just something that that the men did, but we're seeing more and more ladies out on the water. What do you think is behind that? I don't
0: think anything's changed, Chris, really. I think they've always wanted to be out there. Um, for whatever reason, they're coming out now. I don't know, but I'm glad they are. Uh, a lot of times on my boat, they're whooping the guy's butt. The guys are over there whining in the corner about a king, and the ladies are back there putting the boots to it. So I don't. I couldn't say why. Um, it seems to be more prevalent now, but uh, they're always welcome on my boat.
1: All right. We talked a few moments ago about what your favorite parts of being a charter captain are. How about, uh, what are the difficult things? What, uh, what about being a charter captain do you wish uh, you could change? Or I guess what's your least favorite part of being a charter captain? You know,
0: that's that's a really tough, but it's a good, but a tough question. Um, the time away from home is the biggest thing for me. If I'm running doubles on a daily basis, you know, I'm not, it's an 18 to, 18, 18 to 19 hour day for me. I'm not home very much. I don't get to see my family my wife and my daughters, my dogs. Um, I don't get to sleep in my own bed. I sleep on the boat a lot. Um, it's a labor of love, but, uh, you know, like I said, that's a really tough question. There's nothing I would really change other than I would like to be home more, but everybody in my family understands Just as, that's just the way it is.
1: All right. So uh, I think a lot of people, you talked about being, you know, some things being a struggle, but a lot of people look at being a charter captain as kind of the dream job. You know, you get mm-hmm. to fish for a living, Right. People want to do it. Uh, many people do anyway. What is your advice to someone who's thinking about starting to become a charter captain? What's kind of something that you could direct them to or towards? That, that's a really good question.
0: Get out there. Find a first mate job. Get out there on the boats. Uh, meet, the, meet the charter captains in your area. Try to get on the boat or a couple of boats as a first mate for a few years. Figure it out. Figure it out if it's even right for you. Some people I've known have done that. And they've known within a couple of months, no, this isn't the gig for me. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of work. Um, even though you're fishing every day, you're putting in the grind. Uh, so that would be my number one bit of advice. If you get on a boat and you figure it out, hey, this is right for me, just immerse yourself in it. Just go for it. Um, don't, don't listen to naysayers. Don't listen to people that say you can't do it. Listen to yourself. If it's something you want to do, Get your license, whether it be online or in a class, and just go for it. That's the best advice I can give.
1: All right. Let's talk a little bit about Tangled Tackle fishing. Uh, There's some different components there. Just tell me how that whole thing kind of got started.
0: Yeah, so Tangled Tackle is a shop here in Manistee. I don't work there. A lot of of people tend to think that I own it. I get a lot of emails uh, asking how my shop is. I don't own the shop. I don't even work there. Um, the owner is one of my best friends. His name is Bud Fitzgerald. He's a great guy. Uh, give the shirt off your back kind of guy. Uh, so Bud and I became friends many, many years ago as I got into YouTube, which stemmed from Purple Taco Fly Supply. We ended up, uh, doing a couple videos for them way early on, um, just on how to tie your own trolling flies. As we got deeper into YouTube, uh, you know, I wanted to do something for my friend who owns a shop, like I said, Bud and uh just took his took the shop's name and uh, happy to represent him
1: yeah very cool and the, you've got a, a ton of people that kind of show up and you do uh, <laughs> some lives do you have those scheduled for a certain time or is that kind of a you know whenever you're available type of thing it, chris typically it's
0: sunday night 7 p.m we go live on youtube on my channel tangle tackle fishing and there's nights that I have guests on where we talk just like you and I are talking right now. We cover a lot of topics. Uh, and the great thing about the live is like, you know, you're probably getting it right now is you get that instant feedback from the viewers, people that want qu- or have questions that they would like answered. So we're able to do that in real time. And I have some amazing guests on. Um, I have other charter captains on, I have people from the Manistee County sport fishing association on, um, people that know a lot more than I do about a lot of things they come in and they make me look good, which I really appreciate. And, uh, it's, it's just a great platform and it's an, it's a way to give, like I said, that instant feedback to the audience.
1: Yeah. I think what's great about it, at least, uh, the, the stuff that I watch, you're really doing a good job of just educating people and answering a lot of questions. And, uh, you've got, uh, almost 9,000 subscribers, but, what I see is a very active community, and when you go live, man, that uh, that live chat is just going crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have, we have a great community of uh, of people that come on there. A lot of people that have probably been doing this a lot longer than I have, and a lot of people are just starting off for the first time. And everybody's got got really good questions. I see Mike F on here is doing a little chat right there. How you doing, Mike? Good to see you.
1: Yeah, we've had uh, Mike F and Tim H. I think uh, oh. these guys are probably your people that are showing up to to see what we're talking about. Good. What is I know I know both of them from the chat from the channel many many times over. What is your favorite part of doing the YouTube thing? You know,
0: the easiest way for me to answer that is just it, it's to summarize a phone call I took just this morning. Guy called me up. the first thing out of his mouth was, Hey, I want to thank you for the channel. I want you to know um, that we me and my boy have been fishing for years. We hardly ever catch anything. And we started watching your show over the last couple of years. We've been putting fish in the boat. And to me, that is the, the ultimate gratification. Not not personally. I don't care about that. I don't I don't want to take anything away from that personally. I'm happy for those two. I can see them out in the boat. I see them on the bad days just grumbling. And then I see them now that they're catching a few fish and just enjoying their time together out there with their father and son, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, family, whatever it may be. Those phone calls are are what keep me coming back. All
1: right. Uh, Well, how about Lee's favorite? I mean, doing this YouTube thing, it it can be a lot of fun, but it's not always a lot of fun. What are some things that, that you wish you could change? There's
0: not much I would change, Chris, to be honest with you. I mean it's my Sunday evenings. My wife knows that uh, I'm going to give up that hour or two every Sunday evening. We've been doing the live streams now for it's over three years. If I'm remembering right, it's been a long, long time. It's just become part of my habit. Uh, there's not much I would change. I got a great, the audience that comes onto my channel, I think are one of the best, if not the best audiences out there on YouTube.
1: When you and I talked before we came on about, uh, you know, people starting to get into it. There are people that are trying to get into the YouTube game. they see this happening. they want to be, want a part of it. What's some advice that you would have for somebody who's in the Great Lakes game and wants to get into YouTube?
0: Uh, share your information and be humble. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that have YouTube channels and I'm not going to dog anybody. In um, fact, that most people that have a Great Lakes YouTube channel are very, very good at what they do. But I do watch other fishing channels uh, from other parts of the, the nation, the country, the world, what have you. I see a lot of people on there that aren't very humble. Um, YouTube is a, is a great platform, but uh, you got to remember, it's not all about you. It's about what you can give back to your community. So when I see people on there and say, hey, look at my boat. This is the best boat around. These baits, you got to run. These are the best baits around. It's all I use. To me, that's a little off-putting. The best advice I can give is just get on there, go for it, and just be humble and remember where you came from.
1: All right. So one of the things that, and I brought this up earlier, that I enjoy most about your show is that you do a lot of teaching. It's, uh, it's really, I think, for the viewers, they're getting something out of it, especially if they're still trying to figure this thing out. Um, so you teach a lot. But do you learn anything from doing this? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to figure it out, Chris. Every day I'm out there. Yeah, I, I've said this on my channel a million times. I'm not the best at this thing. I don't think I don't think the best exists. I think anybody can be the best on any given day. Um, I'm lucky enough to be out there and have some really good days, but I have a few stinker days every now and then. So the people that come onto my channel when they when they ask me questions, there's a lot that I do glean off that. Um, there's there's information that people talk about in the chat. I'll go back and watch my videos after they post to YouTube and I'll read the chat. And there's several things that I'll take away.
1: Very good. Chris, uh, it was good to have you on. And again, this is something that you and I have been kind of throwing around, I think for probably a year now yeah. and uh, the stars finally aligned to make this happen. Uh, is there something that I didn't ask you about today that, that you want to talk about?
0: No, uh, Chris, I'm, like I said, I'm just I'm really excited. to have had this opportunity to come on and talk with you. Um, I'm not here to plug anything uh, except fishhawk i know you represent fishhawk if i can give anybody out there one piece of advice get a fishhawk that thing changed the game for me several years ago and uh yeah it is an absolute game changer when you're out there on the great lakes
1: well we appreciate that chris uh if people are looking to kind of get into some more information like chris said he does a live every sunday night and it's definitely a great show a lot of great interaction up on the youtube tangled tackle fishing you can also find him at dark blue charters out of manistee so uh, really appreciate having you on and uh, good luck as your season goes on here now that we're getting into late june thanks chris it was my uh, my pleasure to be out here talking with you today all right thanks for listening thanks for watching and we will talk to you next time
0: thanks for listening to the great lakes fishing podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.